Second Chronicles 31. Now when all this was finished, all Israel who were present went out of the cities of Judah and broke up the pillars in pieces, cut down the Asherah poles, broke down the high places and the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin, also in Ephraim and Manasseh, until they had destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession, into their own cities. Hezekiah appointed the divisions of the priests and the Levites after their divisions. Every man according to his service, both the priests and the Levites, for burnt offerings and for peace offerings, to minister, to give thanks, and to praise in the gates of Yahweh's camp. He also appointed the king's portion of his possessions for the burnt offerings, for the morning and evening burnt offerings, and the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths, for the new moons and for the set feasts, as it is written in Yahweh's law. Moreover, he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might give themselves to Yahweh's law. As soon as the commandment went out, the children of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and of all the incense of the field, and they brought in the tithe of all things abundantly. The children of Israel and Judah, who lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in the tithe of cattle and sheep, and the tithe of the dedicated things which were consecrated to Yahweh their God, and laid them in heaps. In the third month they began to lay the foundation of the heaps, and finished them in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed Yahweh and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites about the heaps. Azariah the chief priest of the house of Zadok answered him and said, Since people began to bring the offerings into Yahweh's house, we have eaten and had enough and have plenty left over. For Yahweh has blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Then Hezekiah commanded them to prepare rooms in Yahweh's house, and they prepared them. They brought in the offerings, the tithes, and the dedicated things faithfully. Conaniah the Levite was ruler over them, and Shimei his brother was second. Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Hazahel, Jeremoth, Josabad, Eliel, Ichsmachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were overseers under the hand of Conaniah and Shimei his brother, by the appointment of Hezekiah the king and Azariah the ruler of God's house. Cori, the son of Imna the Levite, the gatekeeper at the east gate, was over the freewill offerings of God to distribute Yahweh's offerings under the most holy things. Under him were Eden, Miniamon, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah, in the cities of the priests, in their office of trust, to give to their brothers by division, to the great as well as to the small. In addition to those who were listed by genealogy of males, from three years old and upward, even everyone who entered into Yahweh's house, as the duty of every day required, for their service in the offices according to their divisions. And those who were listed by genealogy of the priests by their father's houses, and the Levites from twenty years old and upward, in their offices by their divisions. And those who were listed by genealogy of all the little ones, their wives, their sons and their daughters, through all the congregation. For in their office of trust, they sanctified themselves in holiness. Also, for the sons of Aaron the priests who were in the fields of the pasture lands of their cities, in every city there were men who were mentioned by name to give portions to all the males among the priests 
and to all who were listed by genealogy among the Levites. Hezekiah did so throughout all Judah, and he did that which was good, right, and faithful before Yahweh his God. In every work that he began in the service of God's house, in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. So here we have an example of someone doing what's right and prospering. And we've seen it from very contrastingly from his father Ahaz a few chapters ago, who was worshipping all the other gods and the nation was shrinking and getting smaller. The Philistines were attacking, the Israelites were attacking, the Syrians were attacking, even the Edomites were attacking. Everyone was attacking, the nation was shrinking, people were being taken away as slaves. Hezekiah now, two chapters ago, he decided we're following the Lord. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, things start to prosper. Things change. Now it's a process, it takes time. You know, when a person changes their heart to the Lord, they suddenly don't have a million dollars in the bank. It's not like that. If they did, everyone would follow the Lord, but they wouldn't be following the Lord wholeheartedly. They'd be following the Lord with selfish motives. But no, when someone follows the Lord with pure motives, it has this effect of turning things around, but it's a process. Like a big ship at sea, you know, if you're going along, I don't know if you've ever been on a big ship. I've been on a cruise ship once for my honeymoon. Those ships are big. Like, I think our ship was like 400 or 500 meters long, like half a kilometer. This is a big boat. And if you're going along at sea and you suddenly decide you're gonna stop, or let's say you decide you're gonna turn a corner, you don't just suddenly go Boop, and turn. The thing, <laughs> it's, it's a process, it takes time. Like even if that big ship is going and you just turn off the engine, it's gonna still keep going for quite a while at speed. Or if it's stopped and you decide to start, it takes time to get going. And so here we've got Hezekiah, he, from the first minute he decides to follow the Lord, and it's like a ship big ship or like a train with hundreds of wagons that just starts to get going and slow but it builds up speed and in this chapter we see that the people of Israel start to bring tithes start to give and it says they give willingly and we find the blessing of the Lord comes all over the nation the nation starts to do well and I just thought um, that there it just started making me think of other scriptures you know um, about the righteous prospering. And, and so when the Lord touches your life, things start to do well. The, Lord, the Lord's touch is like rain on plants that need a drink. And uh, I can remember we went through a few months where it hadn't rained and the, all the grass turned brown. And my parents, they have this lovely, normally have this lovely green grassy lawn out the front of their house. But it had got so dry that the, the grass had not only gone brown, it had gone crunchy. So when you walked on it, you heard crunch, crunch, crunch. And, uh, <laughs> and my parents live out of town, so it's, they don't have like a town water connection. So they only have rainwater tanks and they can't just water their grass like people in town do with sprinklers. And so I, I remember when it rained and the grass all just went green in like days. And that's just a magical effect. It's all, that's like the example of what happens when the Lord touches someone's life. It immediately makes a difference. Now it might not make the, it might not make the same level of difference that it will ultimately achieve if you keep walking with the Lord, but the difference is the difference begins straight away. And so that's what happens. And so here we've got this story of how all the people 
start to give and there's such joy in the land. It's very, very hard to quench um, enthusiasm for, for the Lord. Like you can go to certain churches and you walk in to a service, for example, church service somewhere, and everything's so prim and proper and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of respect for the Lord, but there's the way things are done. And um, it's, it's, it's good and it's nice and the sermon is on topic and, and everything's just nice. But then you go to some other churches and they, their love for the Lord is so contagious that by the time you leave, you're just enthusiastic about the Lord. So there's like a contagious element to following God. Well, see, that's what we got here in Hezekiah. Hezekiah comes along. His love for the Lord is contagious. It starts to affect people. I remember back in, in our church, Peace, we've seen the Lord do so many things over so many years. But there was a period in the late 1990s, so we're now going back 25 years ago, where we, we had a, a real gospel move and it was contagious. People would get saved and then they would be so enthusiastic that one of their friends would get saved. And then their friend would be so enthusiastic that one of their friends would get saved. And it would be like discovering a seam of gold and you could just follow the gold from person to person to person. And see, that's what we want. And that's what we see here in Hezekiah's time. Um, this particular chapter reminded me very strongly of Malachi 3 verse 10, which I'm going to read to you. It says here in Malachi 3.10, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So that's a tithing passage which gets brought out from time to time in churches and you hear it from time, you know, occasionally. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And uh, often what you'll hear it preached as is to an individual saying, bring your whole tithe. You know, in other words, don't just give a token gift. When the offering plate goes past, just don't put in a dollar and say, oh, I've tithed. Technically, a tithe is 10%. So, you know, bring the whole tithe. Bring the whole 10% and give it to the Lord and the Lord will bless you. And that is a truth, a truth that we also see in the book of Proverbs where Solomon said, um, you know, he said, honor the Lord with your wealth and your barns will overflow. So that's a proverb. And the, Solomon knew that that's how it works. When you honor the Lord with your wealth, the Lord blesses you, blesses your crops. Your crops will do well. In other words, you'll be productive in life. You'll be more productive in life when you're a generous person with a heart toward the Lord. So that's the principle of how it works. But here, this Malachi passage, which says bring the whole tithe, it's talking not just in an individual way, like to you as an individual, but it's talking to the whole nation. So for example, we've got, you know, you could have a group of people, like you, you know, you could have all, let's say, uh, you know, all the people from a certain part of the nation, like let's say all the people from Bethlehem. Let's say all the people from Bethlehem realized we've got a tithe and they all tithe, but all the people from the other cities don't. So even though those people are bringing in their whole tithe, the whole tithe is not coming in. But this passage in Malachi was saying, bring the whole tithe in. It was written to the nation. In other words, let everyone be a tither. And if, if you do that, the Lord will open the floodgates out of heaven and pour out so much blessing there won't be enough. And that was a promise for the nation. 
And so it, it kind of, it applies on different levels. Like it applies on the level of you, of you as an individual, you bring your whole tithe in, but it applies on the level of a church. Imagine a local congregation and everyone tithes. You, you've, what you've got there is a generous church. Well, now the Lord blesses that church unbelievably. Or imagine the church of a city. Imagine a whole city like, say, Rockhampton, where all of God's people in all the different congregations are givers. Imagine the economic blessing on that city. Well, see, that's something we've got to, we've got to believe for and, and aim for. But imagine a nation. Imagine a nation like Australia where every believer was a giver, was generous. Imagine the economic effect on a nation like that. Just the pure economic effect of all God's people giving. But imagine the, also the, the spiritual blessing of the Lord adding on top of that as well. These are powerful things to think about. Well, that's what we see here in Hezekiah. We see the nation bringing in the tithes. And we see that it says at the end that everything Hezekiah did, he prospered at. Well, that's what we've got to start believing for. Well, we begin by being generous givers ourselves. That's our starting place. And the Lord will bless us. So, Father, we thank you for the example of Hezekiah. And we thank you, Lord, that he was someone that brought reform and the joy of the Lord was in their hearts. And I thank you that he prospered. And I ask that you help us to be generous. Help the joy of the Lord to be in our hearts. Help us to prosper as well. And I pray that you would bring us to a place where corporately we're generous. Lord, that all of the people in our churches and in our cities uh, who love you are generous, who are givers. Lord, I pray that, that we would come to the place of experiencing this type of level of spiritual blessing like Hezekiah did. In Jesus' name, amen.